The glory days are here to say the 80s horror show. Take a stroll down memory's lane, it's time to start the show. The gory days, the gory days, the gory days, the gory days. The gory days. Welcome to the gory days, the show where we take a stroll down memory slain to remember our favorite horror movies from the 1980s and beyond. Today I am talking about a nightmare on Elm Street here on the gory days. But Kyle, didn't you just recently do a nightmare on Elm Street here on the gory days? Not but a few weeks, maybe two months ago. Oh, you're right. Spencer, but today I'm doing things a little bit differently. Today I am changing up the format. Uh, not that any of you care. Instead, I'm just going to talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street through a slightly different lens. Oh, uh, let's see. My, I've got a couple of ideas here. Which one do I want to do? Any one of these could really be good. Well, any one of these top three could, be, could apply. Um, which one do you think I should do? Of the top three. Number two, how it should have ended? I guess so. I don't really want to do that one. No, 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 no. You picked it. Rules are rules. So if it's bad, I can blame you. But all right. All right. I'm going to be talking about how how A Nightmare on Elm Street should have ended. So why don't we go back in time and remind ourselves how A Nightmare on Elm Street actually ended. Uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, of course, being the Wes Craven seminal classic from 1984, (laughs) Uh, produced by Robert Shea, written and directed by Wes Craven. Let's see. It ended with the titular Freddy. What did Freddy do? Oh, he he won. That's right. So how should it have ended? At the end of A Nightmare on Elm Street. No, let's see. At the end of A Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger... Uh, was supposedly beaten by Nancy. Nancy and crew, basically just Nancy in her house, beat Freddy. How did she beat him? Oh, she beat him by turning away. That's right. It was like, there was like a theme throughout the movie of she has to turn away. So if I'm going on by how it should have ended, well, the way that it really ended is that, yeah, Fre- she, she supposedly wins, right? And then he reveals to have been in control the whole time that I guess she had fallen asleep earlier than we had all thought. I think I, I shared like a theory that I had for when she had actually fallen asleep and we were in the dream within a dream. Yeah, that was it. I called it Nancy's Dream 5A because <laughs> it was with dream within dream five. There's a lot of dreamy going on in this movie. So you know what? Yeah, actually, let's make this movie like a lot a lot more universal because I feel like the main problem is that I don't relate to any of these characters. Nancy, she's got a dad who's the lieutenant. Freddy Krueger, I guess, is a guy that Wes Craven knew. Wes Craven is, Wes Craven is this guy. This guy, the scary guy who makes who make them the scary movies, he's a little kooky because the kinds of movies like you and I, like a family would watch, there's like maybe one blood, maybe two, but like in a R-rated scary movie, there's like a hundred. 
100% blood sometimes. Some of these scenes, like especially in this movie, the one with Johnny Depp, uh, the scene where Johnny Depp is blood, like, oh, man. So right off the bat, I feel like we should make this movie a lot more relatable. Like sleeping, yeah, yeah, I sleep sometimes, but you know what I do more often? A blink. Oh, yeah, I blink. I do something a little more often, if I'm being honest, but that's not that kind of sh- this is not that kind of show. So instead, I think we make it about blinking. He's Freddy Krueger is the guy that gets you like mid blink. And if you blink like too much or too often, he'll get you. Think like um, the bleeding angels or whatever from the weeping angels from uh, Dr. Dr. What and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, imagine it's them bleeding angels from Dr. What, but, like, scarier because he's got the claw on his hand. So, so all right, so that's already way more relatable because I'm blinking, like, as I'm saying right now, and as you're listening to this, you're probably blinking and thinking, like, oh, my gosh, that's so scary. Well, it's pretend. I can't stress that enough. This is all pretend. Um, so let's see. Wes Craven, creepy guy. Okay, so uh, it, he's blinking. He, he can attack you when he blinks, so that's more relatable. So that already totally changes the movie. So instead of people dying in their dreams, they're dying in their blinks. Um, and I guess that would, like, instead of happening at night, because you're not really blinking when you're asleep, it would happen... When are... When are the, okay, let's think. When do you blink the most? Just, like, in any given day. Or I guess I'll use my I statements. What's, when do I blink the most? When I'm dry, when things are really dry. So fire, when there's like when there's like a lot of fire around. So, okay, okay, we can make this a lot more relatable to me, actually. So we say that uh, it can still be Nancy. So Nancy Thompson is a student at whatever school, and she... Uh, she, she's, she's got really dry eyes and what's worse is it's summer in California and it's fire season. So it's really dry out and she's got to wear like, um, you know, contacts, special contacts that like self moisturize a lot. Um, (laughs) I'm going to get to that. I'm, I swear I'm going to get to how it should have ended. I swear. If nothing else happens by the end of this podcast, I will get to how, a Nightmare on Elm Street should have ended, but I really feel like we have to start from a nugget, from a real place of authenticity. And if it was really authentic to me, it would be a girl with dry eyes in California fire season who's being hunted by a blink demon. It's not the same. So thing. you're not doing the prompt. You're literally. Just I am not doing, doing the prompt. The I am doing the prompt. How would the movie Nightmare on Elm Street have ended differently? If not he could blink, or a different fucking movie. I'm not making a different movie. I'm saying how this movie could have been better. I'm trying to improve a Nightmare on Elm Street, essentially. That should have been the prompt. Mm-mm. No, I'm realizing that I have a better prompt in mind that came out of this. That came out of this. I have, I have like over 20 minutes to fill. So <laughs> I, I think this is better. I'm, I'm just trying to... All right, fine. I'll stop trying to improve the movie, and I'll just get to... All right, so... I'm going to keep all of my changes for now because I've done all the hard work already. Um, but I'll skip to how it should have ended. Okay, so um, so let's. What's the thing? What's the last thing that happens right before the ending? Um, let's see. 
Nancy goes to the glove to uh, goes to the furnace, gets the glove, but it's gone. Um, she finds Glenn's bloody headphones, uh, and then Nancy is getting chased by Freddy, and she jumps over a railing and lands in front of her house. Oh, that's like part of the dream fun is that she was in the boiler room and then she's in front of the house. That's cool. And then let's see. Oh, the alarm clock wakes her, and we're supposed to think, oh, she's awake. But then Freddy's in the room. So he turned. Okay, so so how should it have ended? Is the prompt? Okay. Okay. Um Nancy says. Oh, oh, well, th- I think it's obvious. I think is the obvious choice is that we have to bring in a counter. Because look at the themes of a nightmare on Elm Street. We're looking at like the uh protection the overprotection of children, like parents being uh, so vengeful that they're willing to murder for the protection of their own children, their own progeny, and then lie to them and gaslight them when when weird things start happening related to that guy. We've got themes of um, being on fire and uh, how much how much your skin. So if we can like invert those, I would say, uh, so in how it should have ended is we actually grab Freddie into the real world is that what her plan was, it would actually work is she grabs him out, out into the real world and they're at the beach. And I'm thinking like, like it's sunny Malibu, like, and it's busy as all hell because it's fire season and it's, and, and it's like ashy out and people want to go and cool off because it's so hot out but it's so dry too. So Nancy rips Freddy out of the dream world and onto the sunny sandy beach where there's beautiful bodies and luscious sand uh, and waves and stuff. Um, and and he would go, ooh, ooh, wait a minute. What, do, what is that sound? I'm feeling kind of away. And there, there, she'd, he'd listen off to the sound and there'd be like the... There'd be like uh, island music, like um, uh, uh, steel drums, um, and and like singing. And there'd be like oh, a, a party going on. But it's not like it's not like a Red Bull, you know, like big giant stage and amps and party. It's more of like an impromptu, like oh wow, this is just people kind of forming a community around just like what they have like some people have fashioned a, an instrument out of like a conch shell and the and like a horse hair and they're like playing it like doom, 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 doom. and like um somebody else has uh carved a uh different shell uh into like a flute and they're going like and they're just like having a party and going nuts and and nancy looks over and she like kind of like sees that freddie's like kind of like tapping his toes a little bit as he's like laying in the sand. He hasn't gotten out from the sand yet. Uh, and, and she, she, she doesn't say anything. She just like looks and is, and is like for us, the audience we're like, ah, she's getting it. And then she starts grooving a little bit. So then Freddie stands up and like the curse is broken. So he like starts to shine a bunch of light, kind of how what they did. And I think it's Freddie four um, the dream child, but uh, how like he explodes with light, but instead it's like um, like lasers, like like and not like 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 solid lasers, but they're going like pew 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 pew, 
like coming out of his body. And Nancy's like, whoa, what is this? But she's not scared because she kind of knows what's about to happen as like Freddy explodes into Beetlejuice. And she didn't even have to say Beetlejuice three times, but it just, I feel like it's the logical conclusion. Because the antithesis of dreams and reality and that whole thematic device that the movie is playing with is the is Beetlejuice is the like static realism of death yes and it's like what what is what is life's constants death and taxes right that's what they always say death and taxes and so the opposite of the dreaming world and the fantastical ethereal ephemeral weirdness ever-changing scene structure of the dreaming is countered with the hard rigid Tim Burton, Tim Burtonian uh, death themes. And so, of course, Beetlejuice, you know, starts singing and dancing with everybody, and he brings his friends, and Lydia's there, too. And uh, she could even be going like, oh, am I late? What did I miss? And they're all dancing and partying. Um, but Nancy, is as she's, like, dancing, she gets dipped by Freddy because they're doing, like, the tango because, like, oh, bygones be bygones. Let's do the dance. So they're doing the tango. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh, they have so much chemistry. Look at them. Are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? Are they going to kiss? Kiss. And everyone's chanting, kiss, kiss, kiss. And so Freddy dips Nancy, and, and Nancy is just like, oh, my gosh, is this really happening? And Freddy turns down and it's like i mean uh beetlejuice turns down and it's like oh no it's still freddy and he's like i'm still freddy bitch and she scream so then she wake up and she's in her room and uh her mother uh her mom runs in uh her mom played by ronay blakely uh marge marge thompson runs in and goes nancy are you okay and she says she kind of like looks to the camera and like, as she's winking, like she she stretches she stretches out the wink to fit the line so that she starts the line with both eyes all the way open, and then finishes the line with one eye all the way closed. And she says, she, "So mom runs and she goes, oh my god, Nancy, Nancy, are you okay?'" She looks at the camera and while slowly closing her eyes, she says. Mom, and I just want to tell you this from the bottom of my heart. I think I could get used to this. Fade to black. Long fade. She keeps her eye closed. Long fade to black. And that's how A Nightmare on Elm Street should have ended. I, re- I really do think. I really think that if if... If it had give, if it had been given time to breathe at the end there, I feel like we would have addressed the parenthood adolescence uh, balance balancing act the the like morality uh, question of whether or not Freddy's so bad would have been uh, addressed and um, Beetlejuice, a character that would not have been invented for another year. Uh, would also make an appearance, which I think would have elevated this movie into... Because what is the number one most important element when pitching a movie these days? Is it popcorn sales? No. 
its franchise potential. And crossovers are the, uh, forgive my language, steroid boost for a dying franchise. So you take a, a dying franchise like the first Nightmare on Elm Street and you smush it with a dying franchise like the singular non-existent film Beetlejuice and now you're cooking with gas, as they say. Um, and now, how are we doing on time here? Whew, I got another 15 minutes to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. Talk about it. Talk about a different movie. You think? I don't know. No, I think we. I think we should stick. I think we should stick with this one. I think we should stick with this one because there's still there's there's a rich mine to vein. There's a rich vein to mine here, Um, like the fact that I've never seen the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary. We could talk about that. It's called Never Sleep Again: The Elm Street Legacy. Okay, so that's something that's interesting. When I was a kid, is the whole series is called A Nightmare on Elm Street, and that was always the saving grace for me because whatever in my head. I wasn't afraid that Freddy was going to get me in my dreams because I don't live on Elm Street, dummy. So why the fuck would anyone think that's scary? A nightmare on Elm Street. Just call it a nightmare. Then it's like, oh, I'm, I'm starting to give myself chills right now. Like, I'm a, I don't want to look over my shoulder. Look at the lipstick face demon behind my shoulder. That's how spooked I am. I see a nightmare, huh? On Elm Street? Well, that's not my street. I guess I'm safe. I guess I'll find out what happened on Elm Street. I'll read the paper. Oh, oh, a nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's interesting. Somebody on Elm Street had a nightmare. Is this the news now? Are there not more important things we could be talking about? A cab. But no. <laughs> Instead, we got to talk about some idiot snot-nosed brat who had a, a scary dream. Oh, oh, scary dream on night on Elm Street. That's what this movie should have been called, for God's sake. Scary dream on Elm Street. Written and directed by Ress Craven. <laughs> um, no, I, I because like as a kid, I was terrified of scary movie monsters. I was terrified of like the horror aisle in blockbuster and stuff. I would always walk down Halloween stores looking down at the tiles. Cause I'd be afraid of the masks and like, I'd be afraid of being surprised cause I'd try to stay as vigilant as I could so that nothing shocked me. But I knew that something was going to surprise me. Usually a Chucky doll or a Chucky mask or some Chucky related thing. Uh, where was I going with this? Oh, is that um, scary movies? I was like eager to find the the universality of it without really knowing what I was doing, and so A Nightmare on Elm Street didn't really ring scary to me because I didn't live on Elm Street. Friday the Thirteenth, once I actually learned what it was, wasn't that scary because it was all reserved to Camp Crystal Lake, and that was the thing that like I I strove to educate myself so that I wouldn't be as scared of some of these. Um, because I, I saw through the lines, I would make that joke at a really young age of like, oh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, 
movies, I always had this idea that like, like, oh, they just thought, what are people not scared of yet? And they went, hmm, sharks? No, people are already scared of sharks. Uh, no, they're already scared of uh, um, something else. And they go, what about sleeping? And somebody was like, ooh, that's good. What if we made people afraid to go to sleep? And that's pretty universal. And that's what I used to think and say as a kid, with like Jaws and stuff. You just go down the list and you go, what aren't people afraid of yet? And let's make them scared of that. Like, oh, uh, paranormal activity made you afraid of like um, CCTV footage. Scrubbing through it suddenly became very scary to just watch static footage of a door slowly opening over the course of like an hour and a half. Uh, I'm just speaking for myself. I'm trying to think of one that did resonate as like, oh, yeah, that's really scary with like child's play. Once I actually learned that, too, that it's like, oh, it's a serial killer that went into the doll. Like, what are the odds of that? What are the odds of me being a kid in Chicago at the right time that a serial killer also died around the most popular doll around Christmas time that year? Like, even I was uh, wise enough to see that that wasn't actually a threat. It just scared me, just visually. So I'm trying to think, what were, were there any movies that, like, were universal enough to make me think, oh, it could, it could get me? I always had this weird... Re- invasion movies? Invasion movies? So, home invasion movies? Oh, home invasion movies. Those weren't really a thing in the 80s and 90s, I feel like. I feel like they came about uh, more often. Like, I mean, you have your scream and stuff, but... I, when you say home invasion movie, when I think of a home invasion movie, I think of your next or the uh, uh, what was it? Um, the Strangers or Hush, uh, Lights Out. I think of these movies that are like more insular, and it's um, or even uh, the first The Purge. I would say is more of a home invasion movie. Uh, You're saying that there weren't any of those. No, I'm saying that there weren't as many so to the point that I can't list them like I can list the ones from the late 2000s, um, like the 2010s and stuff. I can't uh, list any from the 80s and 90s. No, I'm sure that if I sat down, I could uh, think of some home invasion ones. But like, you know what? The one that scared me was hostile was was the idea of getting kidnapped, uh, scooped up and taken away to like another country and just gone. And, like, uh, granted, in those movies, you always had to be in the country, but it, it always transmuted in my mind that, like, it could happen here, and it totally does, and uh, happens all the time, and it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a horrible crime. But, no. Shame that. I'm trying to think. It's a shame that. Bleeding angels. What? Uh, let's see. I guess I could go through if this movie ended with a uh, big dance party and then surprise... And then I think I get you get used to this. Wink to the camera. Freddy Two, Freddy's Revenge, uh, would be about. Uh, I guess it would. Oh, it would be like The Hangover. It would be like so. Freddy wakes up, and it's like the the morning after the big party, and he's like, "Whoa, what did I do last night?" And Nance uh, and uh, Nancy's gone. And they're like, whoa, where's Nancy? We got to find Nancy. And there's like a tiger and they got to run around and like give a baby back. And Elizabeth Banks shows up and it's fun. But at the end, everybody learns something. And then Dream Warriors, keep it the same. Oh, four is the Dream Master. Um, 
I'm thinking we invert it. We make it the waking novice. I'm on an inversion kick today. Scratch that. Keep that one the same, too. Uh, five, the dream child I haven't seen. So change it. Freddy's dead, the final nightmare. Uh, Freddy's alive and kicking it. Is that the one? Is that is that the uh, Dracula? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. How much time left? We got six minutes. We can do this. Home stretch. Um, let's see. I already improved the shit out of an Nightmare on Elm Street. I I suppose that like some of the kills in this movie could have a little more blood. Like I'm talking about the the. How would I have done this? So, so in this scene where, um, who is it? It's not Nancy. It's the other one. It's, um, it's the lady. Lady. It's, uh, it's Tina. Um, so you know the scene where Tina is in like the her bedroom and she slides up the wall and stuff. I think it would be better is if instead of like sliding up the wall the room started to shrink and like, like the walls started to come in on all sides and like crush them and squeeze them. And then as soon as like Nancy runs up and opens the door, they're just like a little die, like a, like a single die with six sides. And then she would, she would pick it up and she would roll it and, it'd be like a six or something. And she'd be like, oh, nice. I think that would have been way scarier. Um, <clears throat> I think, uh, I, I mentioned it earlier. I don't think it's very relatable that her dad's a police officer. I think it would be more relatable if her dad was a cell phone salesman. I think if he worked for AirTouch and sold cell phones, but like to businesses, but not to like big businesses, just to like, like, let's see, who, who needs cell phones? Like, like, not dentists. I guess there's a lot of dentists. Yeah, okay, so it's like, I think it'd be better if her dad was like a dentist cell phone salesman. I think that would be more relatable. And then um, her parents shouldn't be divorced. She should have more of them. She should have, I'm thinking, more parents... Just to, like, round out the family element of the movie, I think Nancy should have no less than ten parents. Uh, just to make her more relatable, I think Freddie, instead of being a child-molesting groundskeeper, I think it would be better if we maybe moved away from, like, that less desirable... It's just... It's 2020, and times have changed, and, and things just aren't as... as uh, Like, I don't, I'm not saying glamorous. Like, you don't glamorize it, but it's just, like, it's not even funny. It's not even, like, it's just dark, and it doesn't add anything to make him a groundskeeper. So instead, I would say we make him a child-molesting, like, um, uh, churro-influencer. Because that way, it's, like, it's just less problematic. So, like, you know, you could have these, like, flashbacks of him filming himself with his phone with a churro. And he's going, like, uh, well, I don't want to do the accent. 
Why would he I don't. have an accent? <laughs> He's still the same person. He just reviews churros. Why would he have an accent now? Because he was an influencer. And in my experience, influencers really seem to garner a lot of, like, you know, they get their jollies off of uh, controversy. So they would do that kind of, he would do that kind of thing. Child molestation, but the weird hmm? accent would be the controversy <laughs> for him. Well, that wouldn't exactly be like, the child molesting part wouldn't be front and center. In the like Instagram stories and stuff, I don't even think necessarily it would be part of his brand. I think that would just be like kind of a background interest of his that he doesn't necessarily like make public so much as like it, comparatively, the churros take up more real estate than than the ch- than the other stuff. So so in most of his videos, I'd say I'd say the lion's share of his videos are churros and churro enthusiasm and just like how excited he is for churros because once again he's an influencer so like you know he's constantly like adding churro places and being like oh hey like i love these churros and he's like you know telling his like patreon people man i really hope these churro people pay out um and then um and then the stuff happens so then his parents burn him alive and i think like just bridging that gap between the past and the present. I guess we should be talking about if we wanted to reboot this too. That would be good. Like not just improving the original, but like how we would reboot it. Um, let's see. We're getting close on the end here. So uh, how, how, how should we wrap this up? Um, I already made it more relatable. I already said how it should end. Um, how about that name? Fred Krueger? Krueger. It's Nazi. I thought it's. It sounds like a, a freaking like low end water bottle. Like, oh, can you can you reach the Kroger the Kruger brand from the top shelf for me? Is that regional? Is that a regional joke? <laughs> are my fans in? Where are you got? Where 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 was the furthest one at? Where, Australia. No. Well, I guess that's technically the furthest. But there was someone. There was somebody here in the states. There was a real person who. There was. <laughs> Um, okay, good. I'm at my time. Uh, that was fun. Stay scary out there. Oh, wait, no, I should probably, I should say, oh, thanks for listening. Um, follow at the gory days on Twitter and Instagram and, uh, give us a, a, a review. Give me a review on, um, iTunes, please. Okay. Stay scary out there. The gory days.